Biolog is connection, conversation, community. We believe life is better when we are connecting through relationships. Thank you for joining us. Today I want to talk about what story is this? Today I learned that my youngest has officially been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. I wasn't surprised and I had actually asked her, we had just seen her developmental pediatrician for a developmental pediatrician for the first time. And I had actually asked her regular pediatrician about a month ago, when do they normally diagnose? Now, cerebral palsy is not something that is a given with her particular um, birth injury, but it is for 40% of individuals that have suffered that birth injury. And it was something that I was not surprised at. And I actually just wanted them to give her a diagnosis and to not necessarily wait because I know that with a diagnosis, I can then have insurance cover certain adaptive equipment that can help her. And I prefer for that to happen earlier rather than later. If there is a, and there are, there is a certain chair that can help her to um, sit up more straight and where she doesn't have to work so much to do certain things that her body is having challenges doing, and then we can concentrate on helping her to start to do the things that her body and support her in doing the things that her body should be able to do or may be able to do to help her to be as um, independent as possible, such as reaching for things. So if she, her body is not allowing her to sit up straight and she's working so hard to sit, but how can you try to sit and also reach for stuff? So looking at the bigger picture of things, her reaching for stuff to me and supporting her in doing that is more important to focus on than her sitting up on her own. There is adaptive equipment to help her sit up on her own, but her being able to start to practice reaching for stuff without and taking that that extra off of her to hold her head up or to do certain things and to now focus on more fine motor skills is something that I really want to focus on with her. So I wanted the diagnosis because, as I said, insurance will cover the adaptive equipment that we will be needing. Now, on it's just been very interesting because I'm a, a Christian and so growing up in church, it's like, okay, if something happens or someone gets sick or, you know, or, or something like that, it's like you pray about it, you believe God for their healing and, you know, and, and there's no alternative to that. And something that I have realized in walking out this journey with my children is, 
like I understand that absolutely when it's something that is like a sickness that is onto death, like, you know, cancer and something like that. Absolutely. And not that I am saying that God is not able to heal things like autism and cerebral palsy and different brain injuries and different things like that, ADHD or whatever. But my vision, my view, my perspective has changed in parenting my children because for the very fact that there are so many people that are in the world that are not typical and the way that society views them it's getting better but we still have that view of different being not as good being like a death sentence that it isn't or being you aren't able and we dismiss you or we put you over here in the corner there's nothing that you know you know you 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 cannot present a um what do you call it you can't present some type of um function in society and that is not true for instance I need to look this up because I know I was supposed to look this up, but there's a young lady that was working in um, during the Obama administration, and I believe that she was blind and deaf. She is blind and deaf, an African-American young lady. But she was working in the administration. She, you know, got her degree and different things. I wanted to read more about her. Actually, I am going to because I'm going to make that a school project for my kids. And but she was doing it. I believe she's she's blind because I remember they mentioned about, um, I guess, her using a Braille machine to uh, and she was deaf. So I was like, wow, look at that. She is functioning, not just working like in McDonald's or something, but actually working in a, a high level position, working for the White House. And she's deaf and blind. And it had a picture of um, Obama when he was president. He was writing or typing something on the machine so that she to communicate with her. And I was like, look at that, how that accommodation was made. Not you can't have this job because we have to make too much accommodation for you or anything like that. But that accommodation was made. And that's what I am seeing more in society, accommodation being made for those that are not typical, that are atypical. And that is not a bad thing. Um, I also saw a post by a, a man that has cerebral palsy and he wrote a book. Um, he wrote a book about, I think on seven characters in the Bible. Um, I actually want to go in and, and order that book, but, um, he wrote a book and he was on Facebook talking about his book. And because he has cerebral palsy, his speech is different and, you know, his movements are much different. And he was there and his father was next to him. And, you know, his father didn't try to talk for him or anything. His father let him talk. And I loved that because he was talking about his book that he wrote and 
his father was there supporting him. And when he asked him a question or asked him to do something that he did, but his father wasn't stepping in trying to correct him or anything. He let him communicate on his own, even though that communication was not perfect. And I love that because it's like he is a person. And when you have certain, you know, when you have these disabilities, whether it be physical or mental, I think people have a view, like, especially when it's mental, because that's not as much seen that, oh, you should just fix it. Or why are you acting that way? You need to stop. And I've heard those comments from different people talking about people that are dealing with a mental health situation, a, a mental health um ill their mental illness and it's like do you understand that it's they cannot necessarily control that that there is something else going on just like if you have a physical disability or a physical diagnosis like if you um, have a stroke we can understand that if a person can't talk well because that their brain has been injured and you know if their movements are different we understand that you know, so it's the same thing. It's just that in this way, you cannot see it because it's internal. And one of the things I asked God a couple years ago is, or maybe was it a year? It was a year ago. I said, who am I? Like, am I a parent of special needs kids? Is, is that what you made me to be? Because I noticed that he, the children that he has given me, my oldest has autism. Um, I, I would say Asperger's, um, autism. And so, and then my son, um, he could probably be diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I'm one of my younger, my middle daughters possibly may possibly have um autism as well i, I kind of see similar traits in her i'm not sure yet and and then the little one that he had join us for eight months she i noticed a lot of uh, some things in her and i had to kind of help her along and that was more physical and i had no idea what was going on until i got who is now our youngest and then i'm like oh my god now I can put words to what was going on with that other child because I'm seeing the same thing with her just on a way more severe level. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this. I always thought it was odd, like, you know, um, the certain things that she could not do that I would always have to, like, um, instigate her milestones and how I worked for months for her to crawl and, like, literally that she did not know how to start crawling. I had to position her hands and feet. You know, first I worked on her hands, moving her hands and then moving her feet, moving her hands, moving her feet. And I would do this across, back and forth across the living room with her until she started catching it on her own. And I was like, what is going on? I have never seen this before. But I saw what God did through me. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Because I did that, I mean... I did that on my own. I mean, uh, no one was aware that she, that that was going on with her. And so, and then even holding her bottle and just different things like that. It's like, how is she not doing this on her own and, and just certain things? But then when I got our youngest, I was like, wow, maybe she had a touch of what this child had and nobody knew it. 
And so I said, and that's when I said about it, um, uh, maybe almost a year ago, I said, I saw what you did to me. You obviously have put something inside of me here that I was not aware of. I am aware of certain things that you have put inside of me. He's given me a capacity that is not the norm and that is different. And I'm like, um, wow. And I've noticed it from the time I was a child, but the extent of it with that one child, I was like, whoa. And so when I knew there was another child, I said, give me the child that needs that because I really want to see more of that, that you have given me a look into. I want to see what that is it within me. And I want you to bring a child that needs it. And so he did. And so I'm like, wow, you know, because even with my daughter, you know, I will, you know, when we go, you know, places and maybe she, you know, cannot um, articulate herself in certain things that I will say, okay, this is how you need to approach her. This is how she will understand you know, and so it becomes, you know, a thing. And then even for this child, it's like, you know, they say she can't do this, she can't do that. I'm like, um, we're not going to take that. You know, maybe she would not be able to do it in a typical way, but she is going to be the highest version of herself that she can be. And I'm going to put the time and the effort and the support in to make sure that she is that highest version of herself to support her in the way that was that is needed. And I'm like, wow. So getting that diagnosis and what I'm saying is just in the journey of this, I changed my perception as well. I never thought of people with disabilities as being broken or it's something that need to be fixed. It's just that there was nobody that was close to me that you know, that was dealing with that. And so, you know, it's not something that I really necessarily paid attention to. Now, when there was a person that I was involved with that had, you know, some type of disability, um, like I remember going to Home Depot one time and there was a young lady that was working there and I went to her and I asked her something. And then as she started to talk, I realized that, um, that she, I think had, um, so, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, autism. And I didn't say, oh, well, you know, you can't help me. You know, she took a while to explain what it is that I was looking for, but I gave her the space to do so. And I didn't, you know, rush her or anything like that. And, you know, so I t- tend to purpose to give them that space and that respect and not be like, oh, you can't help me. Never mind. I'm just going to go to somebody else and dismiss them to make space and room because I think that that's an awesome thing. And I even said, wow. I think I even told someone, I'm like, wow, I love that Home Depot is giving jobs to, you know, um, people that are not typical. And there was nobody there with her. So they had her there in the aisle by herself. And she did tell me where the thing was that I was looking for. And I went and there it was. So I loved that they that they hired her and that they didn't have somebody shadowing her like, you know, oh, let me make sure she's saying the right thing. They had her there independent on her own. 
and I love that. And I'm like, I love that society is, you know, seeing the value in everyone. And for people that have um, atypical development or a disability or something like that, that they're being included and there's room being made for them, not just with, you know, saying it, but there is room being made for them in spaces and places that there weren't before. I remember one time I took my oldest, she, the one with autism, and I took her to a class and then there was dancing and stuff like that. And, um, the instructor, we got the Y and the instructor, um, you know, she would play the music, then she'll stop and everybody had to stop. And then she'll start playing the music again and then everybody would dance. And she recognized my daughter, that there was something different about my daughter. Now, I'm always very particular about this because either people will respond one way or the other. I have seen different sides to it. I've seen that I put my daughter in a class at the Y and the way that she responds to instruction is different than the typically developed child. And so I saw her ignored and I was completely livid about that. And I took it to, you know, the um, supervisor and he said that he would speak to her because I'm like, you're the why you're supposed to be all inclusive. I'm very disappointed that your staff was ignoring her and, and just tending to everybody else and leaving her to stand, you know, at the other end of the, of the um the court and nothing was really done about that so I pulled her out so where we're at the same why so I was like you know looking um and I the lady had her daughter also in the class the lead, the instructor had her daughter in the class and I she motioned for her door I she what she did was she went to my daughter and called her daughter to dance with my daughter. So they all held hands and so they were dancing in a circle. And then she came out of the circle and then let her daughter continue, her daughter and her daughter's friend continue dancing with my daughter. So they were all holding hands in a circle and dancing. And so when the music stopped, they would stop. And then when the music started again, and I, that brought tears to my eyes because I didn't say, well, my daughter this, but she noticed it and she incorporated her daughter to make my daughter feel included without me having to say anything. And that to me was like, wow. And her daughter wasn't negative. Actually, her daughter, you know, was looking at me, you know, to see, like, you know, see where, you know, we're including her and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, so that was awesome. And so I was like, so I don't view my daughter as having a disability, I view her as being differently abled. That means that I'm not going to have you sit in a corner as if you can't do anything. We're going to work with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to support you. And 
help you to be the highest version of yourself, help you to understand what your limitations are so that you don't let them limit you, but you can work around them and lean on your strengths and also be very cognizant of what your limitations are so that you can advocate for yourself and say to somebody, I'm sorry, but I don't understand you that way, but can you explain it to me this way? type of a thing so that she can advocate for herself and not stand aside waiting for somebody to come to her aid either. And so, um, and so when we got blessed with our little one here, I just took it on and I was like, okay, what did the doctor say? And I want to learn everything that's going on. I want to know what, you know, the, the facts of what's going on, not your predictions based on, you know, her injury, but just tell me the facts. And then I'm going to observe her also myself. And then let's see, you know, okay, this is going on. All right. Let's, I offer support here. Let's offer support here. And then I'm going to get guidance from physical therapists, occupational therapists, etc., so that I can learn the, what they know professionally to add to what is in me so that I can work with her continually because I'm not like, oh, let's take you to therapy, you know, two times, you know, once a week and that's it. No, that's something I need to work with you continually because that's what's going to help you to become the highest version of yourself for me to be your support and incorporate the exercises, the strategies, etc. in everyday life, not sit you in a corner until the next therapy session, etc. And actually, I started to change and change my life and change, um, you know, our environment and to accommodate what I knew I would need to do and make room for that. And so the diagnosis to me was like, okay, because, and she didn't even tell me that she was doing it because what she told me is that that particular um, medical organization has a cerebral palsy program. I'm like, oh, you do? Because I didn't even know that. And I'm like, oh, wow. And she's like, it doesn't, you have to be 12 months to start though. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I want you to give me the information because if there's a waiting list, I want to call them and, you know, get her on it so that when she turns 12 months, we are right there. And, you know, and just different things. And I read up on it. I look at different um, other parents, um, uh, journeys with their children and things that they have learned. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I look it up and I do research and all that kind of stuff so I can put more things in my toolbox <laughs> to help her and support her. And so I'll go to the therapist and say, hey, I read about this or I, another parent was talking about this and can you give me more information on this because this, 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 that. And I'll be asking in the questions and everything like that. And so um, that's, and so it's like, wow. But I wouldn't say that it has been easy because I definitely, um, it, it was a process because I'm the type of person where it's like, 
okay, you know, boom, boom, boom. Okay, let's do this. We'll do that. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. And then it's like, you know, this isn't something that I can fix. This is something that I can support, but it also means that I have to slow down. I have to slow down. I was actually talking to the developmental pediatrician and I'm like, you know, what I've noticed about her is that she stays in a certain stage for a while. Like you'll have a two month old and okay, a two month old does what a two month old does. And then there are three or four months and they're doing something else. They have, you know, um, progressed. And so I'm like, like, for instance, she's been like a two month old stage for like months. And, you know, and then now it's like, okay, she's more like in a three month state. So her development really goes at a, a really much slower pace. It takes her a while to get to that next stage. And so, uh, which is, you know, what she said is normal, you know, for the, with the injury that she has had. And I was like, okay, I thought so. Um, but that's what I have noticed about her. But what it has caused me to do is to slow down and, not be like, okay, we're doing this now. And so, okay, now we can move to the next step. It's a repetitive and continual thing that I have to do to for it to then take root. And so it's just a different way of moving, you know, which has been interesting. But I also realized that, you know, God has done sh- some shifting within me to accommodate that. And in him doing the shifting in me to accommodate that because she needs it as a, at an extreme level, it has also given me more of a capacity to accommodate my other children because theirs, their levels are not as extreme. So giving me the extra capacity for her means that, oh, I have way more capacity, you know, than I had for you because I've had to be stretched for her. And so, for instance, if you are a size, you know, nine shoe and maybe you are wearing an eight and a half, then it's like, and you're put your size nine foot into it and it's leather or something or whatever. You know, that's just an example. It's going to stretch eventually to accommodate that. So now it doesn't become an eight and it's not no longer eight and a half. Now it's a nine. To because you have stretched it to accommodate your foot. So that means when you put an eight and a half foot in it, there is way more room for it because it has been stretched to accommodate this size nine foot. And that's how I would relate this to where I have been stretched to accommodate her who, who like could be at level 10 as far as needs and support that's needed. And so now my other children, which may be, uh, you know, level five or level three, level two, respectively, I have more capacity for them because I've had to be stretched for her capacity. So it's like, you know, it's just so interesting walking out the person that God has made you because I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, you know, but I know what you said. And so I'm just walking forward with it. Okay, this is, you know, the child that you have for us. Okay, let's go. We're doing this and walk and we're still moving forward, still walking forward, still, of course, making room to accommodate and to change 
in the ways that I shift it in the ways that I need to because I'm stretching the ways that I need to because a lot of times you may need to be stretched but if you resist the stretching if you try to put your nine size nine foot in that eight and a half shoe in the beginning it's going to hurt because it's too tight now if you decide to take your foot out of it then it'll never stretch but if you decide that I'm going to withstand the pain and keep my foot in there walk around in it and have it start to stretch and conform to accommodate my foot, then eventually it will be accommodated. And actually, eventually, it may even be so accommodated that your foot is really comfortable in there where versus it was such a tight and maybe even painful space before. Maybe, you know, you got a little bit of a callus because it kept rubbing because it was so tight to your foot. It just kept rubbing on certain parts of your foot and get callus. But then now that you have it has stretched and you have done the work and withstood the pain of the stretch now it becomes a more of a, a place of that okay I'm good I'm I'm comfortable in this me that I am and so it's just been really interesting now um I don't know and I said to God it's like I don't know what you're doing but I'm not going to come with my preconceived notions of what you're doing. I'm not going to come here and say, oh, you're just going to heal her of everything. And she's going to just walk perfectly because what is perfect? What is normal? It's like I'm my job that you have given me is to parent this child and to help her and to support her in becoming the highest version of herself. And that may not look the way that I may think it would, but I have decided, and I decided this when, you know, real, you know, with my oldest, it's like, I'm going to make the room and do what I need to, to be the parent, the mother that you need so that you can become the highest version of yourself, not a perfect version not a normal version or what society views as normal, but what you, you specifically, to help you specifically to become the highest version of yourself, you as an individual. And so in order to do that, I had to erase my expectation of what I perhaps wanted to see and to embrace the reality of what was and then move forward from that space and place. And that was a journey. And so doing it there made space, interestingly enough, also to make room here because I came into this, not that, oh, you know, God is going to do this. God is going to do that. Because I don't know. I don't know what God is doing. And I'm like, it's not my job to know. You have given me a job. And my job is to parent these children that you have blessed me with. You have given me these children. And you have given me as to steward these children. To raise these children. To be there for these children. And that is what I'm going to do. It doesn't, it's none of my business necessarily, ultimately what your plan is. I'm going to do what I know you've placed in me to do. And that's to grow them and develop them and mentor them into being, 
you know, fierce warriors for you, just as you have made them to be. And that may not look like this person or that person, but that you have made them and the walk that you have purpose and designed them for, specifically for that particular child. That may mean that this child, maybe she may be in a wheelchair, maybe she won't. I don't know. But that's not my concern. My concern is I will work with you and support you so that everything that you can do, you will do. And so it's just been really interesting. It's It's been really interesting. So as I said in talking with the developmental pediatrician, I just happened to say, well, Okay, you're saying that, you know, there's that program and that's great. I'm like, well, when do you all normally give the diagnosis? And because I was getting ready to tell her, I just asked my pediatrician about that. And she said, oh, I just gave her the diagnosis. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Was she going to say anything if I didn't ask? <laughs> so it's like, it's official that she is diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And I was like, and I had to take a moment and like, okay, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, I kind of feel relief, actually, because it's like, for me, it's like somebody that I just diagnosed her. You know, if it is, if that that's what it is, we can see that, you know, this is a situation and the extent of it or the severity of it, that's not something to be discussed at this point, because she is going to be the one to show us that. So I don't need your predictions and, oh, this is the limit or whatever there. But as far as the diagnosis, okay, because that diagnosis will then open doors and opportunities for us to get the support and assistance that is needed, whether it be through, for instance, this program that they have where, you know, they specify, they specifically deal with, you know, children with cerebral palsy so they know they know the different therapies and even the different advances in technology and everything um, because I've seen some wonderful advances in technology. I mean, I've been keeping my eye out looking at these di- the different parents um, that have been doing this and there's so many advances in technology to assist. Um, and I'm like, I mean, she's too young for it now, but I'm like, okay, I know that this is available. I know that I've been looking at that, that particular, uh, seat, that particular chair that I asked her about. I have that, I've had that open on or saved as a tab on my browser for a while because I'm like, okay, when she gets to this point, I know that this is available and this is where I, I know that I can go for it. And so I've had it right there ready for when we get to that point where she's going to be of the age to be able to use it. And so just keeping my eye out for things like that to help support her. And I will even go and, you know, to the therapist and be like, you know, well, I'm trying, I'm working with her on this particular skill and it would be very helpful if we can have this particular adaptive device so that it can help her to really, you know, concentrate more on the skill that we're working on versus, you know, trying to, you know, with her head control or different things like that. And so I will actually say, this is what I want you to look into for me or here I found it. Like, for instance, right now. I saw a parent say that they, because I thought that that chair wasn't available, like you couldn't use it until you were a year old. So I had it saved. But I saw another parent talking about it 
and that they're using it for their 10-month-old. So I'm like, oh, you can use it a little earlier. Well, she's almost 10 months old. So now I'm going to go to our physical therapist and I'm going to say, I need you to write a note to the pediatrician so the pediatrician can write a script so that I can have insurance cover this seat for her. And if it takes a little bit, then that's okay. But at least I know that we're getting on the ball. And there was another um, thing that I asked the developmental pediatrician about that I heard about um, for one of our other therapists. And I'm like, I heard about this. And, you know, I, I really want to ask about this because, you know, she's not ready to do that yet. But if we can get it and then start to help stimulate this area for her, then when we're ready for her to really use that particular body motion, we are, we are, we are ahead of the game. <laughs> and so... Um, so I'm like, you know, it, it's just been really interesting. So I would say to you, like, what things have you seen within yourself that you were surprised about, you know, where you saw a little bit of it, but not really where you started to see a little bit more or a little bit in another area that you didn't know was there? And then how do you feel about that version of you? That God is revealing. Because what I have felt, I mean, I was resisting in the beginning, my son. That took like two years. I was resisting because I was like, uh, I'm like, I didn't ask you for this. I mean, I see what you have put in me, but I don't want to use it. I didn't ask for this. That's a, you know, I don't want to be all in that, you know, type of a thing. And so that took a bit. And then, you know, so now it's just, I mean, it's way different now because I've, you know, I've, um, I've grown into it because I'm like, okay, this is who you say I am. I need to wrap my mind and my being around that, that this is what you say. And so I need to put my vision of what my life would be and everything like that and my own personal desires for myself, which was personally just chilling and, you know, just doing the things that I love, you know, for the second half of my life, <laughs> because the first half of my life was, okay, I want to do this. Okay, I want to do that. And I have accomplished. I mean, as I was approaching 40, I'm like, I have accomplished everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to own my own home. I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to, you know, work from home, the different things that I wanted to do. And, you know, climb the corporate ladder and, you know, and I'm like, I've done all these things that I have had on my on my list that I wanted to accomplish. So it's like, OK, what else is there? And I was like, OK, so what else is there is I'm going to get back to the things that I loved from a child, like photography and being able to give back to the community and different things like that. That's what I'm going to focus on, you know, so I had in my mind a vision, you know, and so it's it, the mo one of the most challenging things was to lay that vision down and pick up what God says and who God says that I am and who he has made me to be and who he wants me to be and what he wants me to be in the earth because he's the one that made me and so I could resist what it is that he has made me for, but I know that that's not going to go anywhere because when you resist who God has made you to be, you end up unfulfilled. And to me, it is better to walk in what God has for you, even though it is challenging and difficult and it comes with a whole bunch of challenges and difficulties. I'm going to be honest. 
um, and you know the growing of yourself and the you know the pruning of the branches sometimes you got to cut parts of that of the branches off yourself you know so that it can prune and grow into something more beautiful and that those processes are painful at times you know it is definitely a growing process and dealing with your will and you know your mindsets and all that's a whole nother thing and so but you do not feel unfulfilled because you know that you are doing exactly what you are made to do. Now, if you, on the other hand, are following your own desires and stuff, because I've been there too, following your own desires and I want to do this and I want to do that. And, oh, that's cool. That's fun. You know, type of a thing. There's just a feeling of unfulfillment that you cannot erase. And so what some people will do is they'll try to cover that up. They'll try to numb that. But it's such an, a hole on the, in the center of you that nothing can fill. And I will tell you that I would prefer to walk out the life that God has laid out for me and who he has designed me to be, even with the difficulties and challenges, rather than walking out life with things that seem, oh, fun. And, oh, you should be happy. You're making all this money. Oh, you should be happy. You have all this freedom. Oh, you should be happy. You have all these things. And feeling that ache, that hole of emptiness on the inside of you, that is something I don't ever want to feel again. That is not living. That is not living. That is like living dead is what that feels like to me. I mean, I don't know if any of you can relate to what I'm talking about, but it's just night and day. And so I want to encourage you today that even though the things that God is showing to you, he'll give you a little peek of it. And then you'll be like, whoa, like he gave me a little like if he had given me this child like two years ago when that other child was here, I'd have been like, oh, no, actually, it wouldn't even she wouldn't have even come to me because I wouldn't have even been open for it. I told them this, not any type of level more than this, more than level one. And she's a, considered a level three medical. So it's like, don't give me no physical nothing. No, 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 no. I told them that. So they wouldn't even approach me with her. But this time, and actually they were the one that said to me, you said you didn't want a medical level child. And I'm like, I know, but, (laughs) and I actually, that's what I was seeking after. That's what I was going after. So it's just interesting how God will, you know, will grow you into what he has for you. You know, and so it's it's just been interesting. And that is all I got for right now. Alrighty. See you next time. Thank you for joining Vialog. We'll see you next time.